My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today with a very exciting guest, Shannon Weinstein. You guys, she's a fractional CFO, accountant, and founder of Financial Solutions. She helps founders make better business decisions by using the power of numbers. She's also the host of Keep What You Earn keep what you earn podcast. You guys, you know, I keep my introductions really brief. This way we have enough time for the um, guests to really go ahead and elaborate and tell us about their journey and what brought them to where they are today. So welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. How's it going? Thank you. Going really well, given it's a Monday. I think I'm uh, (laughs) ever since starting my own business, I dread Mondays a little less. So I'm excited. Love that. Love to hear that. And hey, I I think that's pretty relatable for sure. So Shannon, I think this is the perfect time to, you know, take us back through the journey and where you made the pivots throughout the journey to get where you are today. And if you're open to talking about what it felt like, what what challenges, what wins came along with it, um, this would be the right time to go ahead and dive into that. So Sure. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go give the high level overview and you tell me if there's anything you want to dig into. But, uh, okay. so I, I became an accountant cause I lost a bet with my dad in high school. And, uh, he basically bet me that I was going to love accounting. And I was like, nah, I'm going to hate it. So I took a class just to, you know, solidify the bet. Turns out I loved it. He won. Um, I ended up majoring in it, but what I did was I had a love for language and I had a love for teaching and I actually wanted to be a Spanish teacher. And what my dad told me was that this is a language, the language of business, the language of numbers and accounting. He said, this is the language that most people don't speak. This is actually the superpower. And this is the language you need to be teaching people. And that really stuck with me ever since I was 16. So now 21 years later from that, I'm now infusing a lot of teaching in my own business. And it's one of the things that I loved the most about working for big firms and working for big companies was developing the people below me and being able to serve as a leader, a trainer, and a teacher. That was when I had the most fun in my job. So it's no surprise to me that that is kind of my calling and what I'm doing more so now than I ever have before, um, despite the fact that I'm also technically uh, trained and I'm an expert in business finances, taxes, and, and everything that goes along with being a CPA. That's incredible. Now, you touched on a little bit of what you do today. Do you want to dive in really deep as to, you know, um, maybe how you go about delivering your offers, stuff like that, just so my audience has a really good idea of exactly what you're offering. And I know your biggest passions are the accounting and teaching, but now is your time to go ahead and just cover that. Yeah. So I, I run basically two pillars of my business. One is I serve as a fractional CFO to founders. And what I do with them is get them to think a little bit differently and strategically around their numbers. So for example, if they say, Hey, I, I want to unlock this new level of revenue growth. I want to send my daughter to private school. I want to pay for three vacations a year. I want to take a month off. How the hell do I do that? And we've kind of figure out a quantifiable way to measure how much they need to be making, bringing in cash flowing, 
we break it down to actually support it with data and say, this is how you're going to make it happen. Let's set some goals. Let's find a way to make it happen for you. And we manage the financial reporting, tracking progress and performance for them. Um, and then on the other side of my brand is Keep What You Earn, which is my podcast. But that is centered around educating early stage entrepreneurs through online courses, coaching sessions, um, to help early stage founders really set themselves up right so that they're in a position to take advantage of this strategy down the line. And they're not just picking up the pieces and, you know, sobbing over a pile of bank statements at tax time. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we're preventing that from happening. We don't want you to associate numbers with stress and pain and, and agony. We want you to associate it with strategy as a toolkit, as something that's going to help you because how you see money is how you're going to behave in your business. So the more we can equip you with empowering tools, the better. A hundred percent. I really like how you said that, you know, how, how you envision money is, it, you know, one question that I have that I often hear about is like those limiting beliefs when it comes to money, whether it's generational trauma or, you know, negative thoughts when it comes to money. Let, let's talk about that. What are your thoughts behind that? And do you often work with clients, you know, to get them over that hump <laughs> so that they can start yeah. attracting more and whatnot? Yeah, because what it will do is pull the emergency brake on their progress. If they're working with us, but they have a money mindset that keeps pulling the e-brake on them, it's going to inhibit their progress. So we try to, we try to acknowledge that and, and work with them on it. One of the first things I do is this exercise where I, I basically pull out a $20 bill and I say, what does this mean to you? Because you could see a $20 bill on the street. Some people won't even bend over to pick it up. Some people will see that as a new pair of pants, a new shirt. Some people will see it as, and I'm dating myself, a DVD <laughs> or a movie or an experience or a ticket to something. They mm -hmm. see that 20 bucks. And ever since you were a kid, you associated a certain amount of money with something. Right. Like it was now your, your measuring stick. Like if it was more than $20, like, well, that's a lot of money because everyone's quote, a lot of money is a different threshold. Yes. So what you have to acknowledge first is that we all have different lot of money thresholds and what can you do to elevate yours? What can you do to change that? Because you can actually see that people have different thresholds. I go, so it's not absolute. There's no one definition of lot of money, little money, rich, poor, wealthy, not wealthy. It's all in the eye of the beholder. And mm -hmm. that is a big, big step in understanding that you should have a growth mindset around money and be able to be nimble, adaptive, and understand that it can change. Your money mindset can change if you just are willing to accept that there's a different reality that maybe you haven't been exposed to yet with regard to your money. 100%. Thank you for getting into that, Shannon. Now, that's basically covering the power numbers, right? But how do, tell us how you make that work within the business, within your clients, um, really, really diving into the power of numbers and why it's so important. Um, yeah, please take us through that. Yeah. So the, I look at numbers as a toolkit. Uh, your money is a tool. It's designed to help you progress forward. It's not designed to inhibit you. So if your language around money is, well, I can't afford that, or I don't have enough, uh, it, it's kind of the opposite mindset, right? It's going, what can you do with what you have, right? What are the different ways that you can move forward? So when we look at our numbers, I look at it as kind of a scorecard, a tracking system to say, are we moving forward? Are we moving sideways? Are we moving backward? You know, how close are we to our goal? And are we moving in the right direction? Uh, and making sure that 
money is being spent and energy is being spent in the right direction based on what the client's goals are. What people don't realize is that growth isn't always the goal. Sometimes the goal is I want to maintain the same revenue, but work 10 less hours a week. Sometimes it's, I want to increase my cash flow, but I want to add a constraint. Like I don't, I want to be able to pick up my daughter from school every day without compromising my income. Okay. So now we have constraints and we have a consistency element where it's like, I want to be able to do this five times a week. I want to work less hours and I want to make sure I'm making as much money, if not more, more would be great. Great. But like the goal can be, I want consistency. So Mm -hmm. it's really about opening up your mind to not just the, I must grow, 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 scale, scale, scale. It's like, what do you actually want? And how do we actually quantify it? 100%. Now you mentioned the word scale. What, Mm -hmm. what would you say are some potential risks or pitfalls to be aware of when scaling? Um, you know, like you said, so many people are like, maybe they just want to work less hours, but maintain what they're making, or of course make more. Um, but there are, I'm sure a lot of people out there who are just super focused on the money and just get doing whatever it takes, uh, to get to that next level. Now, what, what are some potential risks to be aware of when, when scaling? Yeah. So there's a key difference here between growing and scaling. Mm -hmm. Scaling is when you can produce the same minus your inputs. So if you can actually scale, what that also involves is creating a process that can be duplicated. It it involves large, larger teams, right? It involves big processes, bigger teams, and being able to duplicate without you. Like, can someone else take this and run with it? Take your recipe and cook it. And not everyone, believe it or not, people say they want to scale. Not everyone really wants to. Most people want to grow to a point where they're comfortable and they're a little bit more passive in their business, but they don't necessarily want to scale. They don't want to necessarily franchise or license or, or give away the recipes. They want to own their business, oversee it and manage it, which is okay. There's no wrong answer to that. But I think that a lot of pitfalls with scaling is people will chase the next step, next step, next step, and they'll use someone else's measuring stick and be chasing something that they don't actually have a why anchored to. And what I mean is there's no reason you're doing it other than to do it. And that is where burnout happens when you don't have a purpose behind the progress. So like, what am I chasing after? Cause that carrot will always be dangling in front of you. The next step, mm-hmm. the next thing is always dangling. You're never going to catch the carrot. <laughs> you're never going to, cause the carrot will change. So you're never going to catch that, but it's like, how can you enjoy the run? How can you enjoy while you're chasing that carrot, how can you enjoy the process? Because if you're just going to hustle, 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 you're you, without, without some specific destination you're going to, it's going to feel like you're hustling to nowhere and you're going right. to burn yourself out and create a job for yourself as opposed to the business that you plan to use to create financial freedom. Oh, beautifully said. That's so, so true. There's always going to be that next thing that you want. The carrot's always going to be dangling. It's never going to stop. There's always going right. to be a next, a next summit, a next thing. Hey, I did this. What else can I do? Because we're entrepreneurs and that's how we are. hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. Shannon, let's talk about keep what you earn podcast. Now, like I know that you already touched on it a little bit, but let's dive in. What were the atten- intentions behind it? Where is it at today? So, yeah. So the, those are very different places, right? So the intention behind it was I, I love to teach and I'm a verbal processor. So the shortest way for me to create content is to put me in front of a microphone and give me a topic and ask me questions. Right. So I'm, I'm good with that type of format. So my, my social media manager at the time, now my CMO, she kind of said, 
I really want you to start a podcast. I think it would be really good. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I have like, it, it's a commitment. It's like getting a puppy. Like, like, I don't know yet. Like, I don't know if I can handle this, this responsibility um, because I have to be super consistent for it to work. So we were talking about it and I realized that the podcast would be a great gateway for FAQs actually. So I, that was actually how it started was it, if you, and if you listen to my show, you'll notice that a lot of my episodes are phrased in the form of questions. Like, how do mm -hmm. I pay myself? How much should I save up for taxes? How right. should I do this? Why should I do this? And that was intentional, not even for SEO. I wasn't even that smart at the time. I did it because I wanted it to be phrased like FAQs. So all the questions I keep getting asked by clients, friends, colleagues, coaching groups, every time I showed up into a mastermind as a guest speaker, I basically collected all these questions from dozens, if not hundreds of appearances I had done. And I said, I'm going to go put the frequently asked questions. I'm going to answer them. And like the lazy person I am, and I say lazy to find efficiency, I said, I, I'm going to use this episode library to be able to link it, send it. And like when someone DMs me a question, be like, go listen to that 10 minutes, you'll get it. And so I don't have to keep sending voice notes answering the same questions because I was doing that. Mm, right. So it was, right. it was actually a scalability tactic to be like, how can I spend less time answering these questions, but make sure everyone gets their answer. And I just started recording the answers and I was like, that's my podcast. So then it morphed and morphed and morphed into, so I had guests on, I started doing two episodes a week. And then as of almost a, actually over a year ago, a year ago this month, uh, it's been a year that I've been doing five episodes a week and we've been doing uh, guest episodes, solo episodes, Q and a episodes, having people come on, ask me questions. Um, and it's been, it's been epic. It's been so much fun. And we're up to 25,000 downloads a month. And I, we even have merchandise, which is hilarious. Uh, we have, we have some really killer things going on in different projects. So uh, I'm really trying to innovate using the podcast and find ways to create more content. And actually, you know, in the process right now, cooking in the oven, we were also working on a chat bot that will search the prior episodes and help you answer questions based on previous episodes I've done and the transcripts. So we're, uh, we're really trying to innovate using the podcast into getting more knowledge into people's hands a lot faster. This is incredible. I, I mean, today with having a podcast, it, it makes it so possible, right? We never had anything like this in the past. And you are able to connect with people globally now and yeah. shoot them the answer right away, shoot them the information that they're asking for right away. Like who would have thought? I, I honestly think entrepreneurs all need a podcast. Um, it just helps in so many different ways. It opens so many doors. The information just, there's endless information that you can gather. Now, you use that as an exceptional guest experience to grow rapidly. Do you want to do you want to talk about that a little bit and, and go a little bit deeper as to how you make that work? Besides yeah. stuff you've already mentioned for sure. Yeah. So there's so there's the show itself that has to add value, right? And you have to show up as a good host. You have to be, you know, it basically you have to treat every guest like you're inviting them over for dinner. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a nice house, clean up you know, not have stuff hanging everywhere and like clothes on the couch and whatever. So I always think about what would I want to present if I were inviting them over to my house? And what I try to do is create, and there's, there's multiple reasons for this, but create an exceptional guest experience, like red carpet feeling from day one. So if you apply to be a guest on Keep What You Earn, the guest experience is basically a series of emails supporting you along the way and, and um, the experience of being on the show. So what we will do is a couple of key things that that create this. And I've actually gotten compliments on this process from the guests, which is why I knew it was it was turning into something more exceptional. 
was uh, you apply to be on the show. We accept you. You get a booking link really clear, right? That's, that's like bare minimum for me. Then we talk about what would you like to promote on the show? How can we support you? We give you a social media clip of your episode. So we will give you um, a, a clip that you can post to reels, uh, about a one minute clip. We will also give you the audio. If you ask for it, the audio and video files, and we will, um, also ask if you want to purchase advertisements for the couple of episodes that follow yours. Here's why, because typically when a guest promotes something, it's at the end of the episode and enough people know the pattern by now with podcasts that they get to near the end. And then they're going to the next thing on their list or the next, you know, they'll skip, 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 skip. And they know that that's just the promotional part where we talk about how to find out more about the guest at the end. So what I do is I say, would you like to purchase a spot where in one of my solo episodes, the day after or a few days after, you can purchase an ad. And for 30 seconds, I'll talk about your offer again and mention it again. So we have that availability on the show to be able to uh, to not only create ad revenue, but to help the guests you know, promote and to make sure they're getting good use out of the space of being on the show. Cause I value their time. I'm like, I want to make sure people right. are following you doing your call to action. And then finally we give them a handwritten thank you or a, a hand sent. Thank you. It's not always handwritten. Um, but a thank you card in the mail, uh, we'll sometimes send a thank you gift or a gift card to the merchandise store, things like that. We also do a contest every month where we'll give away a Starbucks gift card. If you had the most downloaded episode of the month with a guest. Wow. So we have a ton of different things we do to help nurture the guest. And it's a big part of what we do because we want to have a great guest experience and we want to make sure that, uh, oh, and I will also write a LinkedIn recommendation for all our guests, thanking them for being on the show and how good of a guest they were. And, uh, and then we will also do a recommendation. Like we'll, we'll ask them if you had a great experience, is there anyone, you know, who would make a good guest for the show? Mm -hmm. That has immensely expanded my network, the show's network, the quality of guests that are coming on. Uh, because if we have a really stellar guest, I want them to tell their friends. I'm like, I want more of this person. I want more people that you know that are like you. So we have a great uh, a great runway of guests that are signing up to be on the show, um, building up a great reputation. I couldn't be more proud of the process that we built. No kidding. Honestly, I love the idea of the Starbucks, uh, you know, gift card. I mean, the promotion using um, the call to action, really promoting them like that is so important. And you're showing that, hey, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate it. I'm here's what I'm going to do in return. And how has that worked so far for you? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you get feedback all the time. Tell it's us what that's like. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, because what I realize is that a lot of people, you know, they'll have the podcast and it, but most people think it stops there, but it starts there mm -hmm. because you're, you now have, uh, what I call like, you have the, the power of attention, you have a stage. Okay. And the more welcoming you can make that stage, the more of a good experience you can give people who come on that, on that stage, the more they're going to want to come back, the more they're going right. to recommend it. And I, and most likely, so for example, I've actually gotten a lot of podcast guesting gigs when I've been on a podcast that mm -hmm. I typically would have pitched and been rejected from because I invited them to my house first. And I mm -hmm. said, come over to my house. I'm going to show you a great time. Cause think about this. When you move into a new neighborhood, you don't go knocking on people's doors going, can I come over? Can I come over? Can I come over? Right. No, you invite them over to meet them. They realize you're not crazy, that you're actually kind of cool. 
And then they go, Hey, what are you doing next Tuesday? You should come over. So if you're the first person to invite people over, it is much less likely that they will say no and a lower risk to them to say yes. If you're inviting them over to your stage, if they invite you to theirs, it is a risk if they don't know you, if they've never interacted with you. So when you're cold pitching to be a guest on podcasts, it's very challenging because they have to take your word for it that you're awesome. Right. But when you can have them over to your house first and be like, see, I'm pretty cool. And of course being authentic, right? Like I actually think we're, we create a great experience and I'm a good interviewer, right? So if I can show them that, then we can uh, potentially collaborate on their show. And I've actually gotten a lot of opportunities from that totally authentically. Like I have not been strategically trying to do that, uh, but it just so happens that we finish up the interview and they'll say, Hey, I should have you on my show. This would be really fun. We should continue this right. conversation over at my place. <laughs> right. This is amazing. And, and it's, it's, it's an, uh, it was an unintentional consequence of simply showing up and providing a room to have these conversations in. Yeah. And, and then followed following up by sending, you know, the, the, the card of the thank you card in the mail, doing the draw every month. Um, these little things stand out and they're fun and, and they're, and they're fun. fun and it makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. Like who wouldn't want, what incredible ideas. I love that you're doing that. Um, super awesome idea. Um, at the same time, like the people that you then get referred from these previous guests, it's because they know, like, and trust you now, you know, yeah. you, you welcome them into your home. You, you show them a good time. You know, you're following up, you're a good friend, <laughs> you know, and they're going to refer people to you that are also quality like that. So that is huge. I love that. Thanks for going deep for us today in regards to, you know, how to, Ex do exceptional things for your guests and look how it's turned out. I mean, download wise, um, your guest opportunities, like all that stuff. That's incredible. So now Shannon, I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some common traits you see among other successful entrepreneurs? Is it morning routine? Is it, you know, re it, certain books that they're reading? Is it, tell me what your thoughts are um, that you see within other successful entrepreneurs, any common traits? I would say it's, it's basically none of those superficial things, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. It's mm -hmm. like, whatever your morning routine is, is what your morning routine is. It, you know, right. you do, you do you, um, for me, it's focus for me. It's hundred percent focus. So it's so easy right now to let's say, let's say, cause this is very common. If you join a mastermind or you're going online and you're getting all this in, input from gurus and business coaches and, and people who are trying to help you strategize, right? You're getting all this information about what you should be doing. It's like having a kid in the backseat, like go left, go right, do this, do that. Like stop here, put the brake, whatever. And you're like, oh my God, like, where are we even going anymore? And because you're not using your own GPS. You're not focused on your destination and what you actually want. You're letting right. somebody backseat drive you. And if you can stay focused on where you want to go unapologetically without really worrying about what other people are telling you to do that don't understand your goal. That's the biggest thing is if they're not in your corner with you, understanding your goal, then they're going to yell a bunch of strategies, tactics at you, like post on Instagram, start a podcast, do this, do that. Right. People, a lot of people will start podcasts, for example, because someone told them that was a good idea. And I'm like, but why? Like, is there a why behind it? Like, well, how is it serving your bigger mission? Because, right. or is it, or is it a distraction? Are you taking a detour because someone told you to turn right up there? 
When in reality, if you went straight, you get to your goal a lot faster. So it's a really big thing for me to stay focused and to know what specifically you're going after right now so that you're not going to get swayed by these different other strategies. Because if you try to try to do too much, you're going to make very little progress in a lot of areas as opposed to a lot of progress in one. And it's going to take you a lot longer to get to your goal because you're going to be distracted by all these different elements you've built for yourself. A hundred percent. You know, so many of us are focused on 10 different things and we're only giving able to give 10% at each. So you're not really moving the needle that way. You have to really, you know, get clear on where it is you're going and, and what's really working for you and go all in and not on that one or two things. Right. Yeah. I would say uh, like it's you- not a hundred percent one thing, but I would say the pie chart has to skew one way. So if you're going right. to spend time on something, it better be like 80%, the stuff that matters. And then the extra can be progressing in the other areas you want to, right? Cause if I went all in on building my CFO practice, keep what you were and wouldn't exist. Like I wouldn't be able to build the podcast as well as my client base, but you have to make sure you're giving the appropriate amount of time based on your priorities to the things that really move the needle for you. Right. A hundred percent. Shannon, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for coming on today and, you know, showing us what a good time on a podcast is, honestly, and, you know, providing that value, uh, letting us know what you do within your own podcast that works so well, that, you know, makes that exceptional uh, guest experience, not only on the show, but afterwards as well. So, and that is so important. Uh, Shannon, I want to give you the next couple of minutes here to, you know, let us know if there's any bits and pieces we didn't have a chance to cover that you do want to share with my audience and myself, please go ahead and do that now. And then of course, the best way to reach out to you if anyone's looking to connect. Well, the best way to get more from me is obviously at the podcast, keep what you earn. Uh, on that and in the show notes, you'll find different ways to get in touch with me. If you have questions or you want to chat with me, I'm very open about um, texting back and forth. I have a text number and uh, and I'm, I'm super available. The other thing is, I would say if anyone is thinking of starting a podcast or investing in their podcast, consistency is everything. And believe it or not, I mentioned earlier that I'm going to, I'm now at five episodes a week. Strangely enough, I find five episodes a week easier than two. And that sounds insane, but it's because we've created a really killer system and a way of deploying it. If you can systematize and create a structure around what you do and you can put the right people in place and keep in mind, I do have a team. (laughs) All I do is upload Mm -hmm. Zoom files, luckily. But uh, if you have the right team in place and you create the right structure around it, there's immense potential for something like a podcast, but you do have to invest a lot of energy into it for it to be fruitful. You can't simply have it exist and expect to get a lot out of it. It's not something that's super passive. Thank you so much, Shannon. Group, if you listened and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. Please go check out Shannon at Keep What You Earn podcast. You guys, check it out and you know, find her numbers, shoot her a text, and take it from there. Shannon, I appreciate you coming on again today and just really providing all, all this value. You're an absolute rock star and you know, I love what you're doing. And I would love to start implementing some of the same tactics that you do. Super, super cool. So um Thank you again for taking the time out of your day. And I cannot wait to see what happens next within your your business and your podcast. Super exciting to find out more. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, like and subscribe. And if you'd like to come on just like Shannon did today, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. 
Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you wanna listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually wanna interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.